1: the Army's Jingmen Defense Command on Wednesday confirmed that a Chinese civilian drone had approached a sentinel station in Jingmen's Lieyu Township earlier
2: this month. Pictures and videos captured by the drone have been subject of much debate on social media, both in China and Taiwan, as they show high-definition images of soldiers at the station. The Army says the footage and images were captured with a telephoto lens and that the drone had not photographed any military secrets.
3: Outside their sentry post, soldiers look up at the camera. The image is clear enough to see the soldiers' expressions and even their glasses. This photo was taken by a Chinese civilian drone in Liayu Islet in Taiwan's Jinmen County. The Army's Jinmen Defense Command has confirmed that the drone approached in the evening of August 16th. It was detected immediately, and warnings were broadcast to drive it away. It ended up leaving as the military was getting ready to take further measures. It did not capture any military secrets.
4: It was perhaps a regular small commercially available drone, the kind that hobbyists might use to take pictures. It's not been determined whether it was operated by a military official or a civilian. If it was taking pictures of military installations, it would have been breaking the law to some extent.
3: In another video, soldiers can be seen throwing stones at the drone. The video has drawn much attention on Chinese social media. Experts say that if drones like these are not driven away by warnings, electronic measures can be taken to disrupt their controls. As a last resort, they can also be shot down. Many reports have surfaced in recent weeks about drones approaching Taiwan as China conducts military exercises in the area. Experts say drones could come more frequently in the future.
4: China's larger drones can fly across the East China Sea past the Miyako Strait to reach Taiwan's east coast. For those, reaching the median line of the Taiwan Strait is not an issue. Medium and small-sized drones can reach Taiwan's outlying islands and enter our airspace. They can even pass over our military bases. We need relevant countermeasures.
3: On Wednesday, the military held exercises in Penghu involving live fire drills with tanks, howitzers, mortars, and machine guns. Part of the drills involved shooting at airborne targets.
2: 103 works of photography were awarded prizes at a photography competition organized by the Tourism Bureau. The contest, which aims to showcase the beauty of Taiwan, attracted 3,488 entries.
1: The award-winning works will be on show at visitor centers around Taiwan starting September. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in to look at the winning photos.
5: These pictures hanging on the wall are all images of beautiful scenery captured by photographers across Taiwan. This photo was taken by the first-place winner of the Taiwan Photo Contest, Zhang Qixiang, who captured the sunrise at Nanhu Mountain. This photo, captured by Zhao Jianshen, won second place, showing the beauty of the Daping Shore. Every March and April, the stones here are covered by seaweed that makes them glisten like emeralds. bronze went to Li Jianchang, who captured the Taipei 101 building at dawn.
3: Tourism Bureau wants to promote the beauty of Taiwan, so we try to avoid the frequently seen pictures. The first, second, and third place photos are unique. Like the photo of Nanhu Mountain, it passed unanimously because everyone thought it was not only very difficult to shoot, but it also showcased characteristics of Nanhu Mountain and all the seasons. The second place is a picture of Taiwan's coast. I have been shooting photographs for more than 10 years, but he captured the scene better than me. The third place is also very good.
5: In order to allow the public to experience Taiwan's rich natural ecology, human history, and local cuisine, the Tourism Bureau organized a photography competition called the Taiwan Photo Contest. The contest attracted 3,488 entries, of which 103
3: won an award. When they travel around Taiwan, they can let us see the beauty of Taiwan through their own lenses. Taiwan's beauty lies in its nature, its humanity, its food, its ecology, and its well-being. These photographers can share all these things with everyone. This competition can be a platform for those who love travel photography.
5: Starting September, the award-winning works will be exhibited online and at four visitor centers, including Songbo-Ling Visitor Center in Nantou, Wulong Visitor Center in New Taipei, Guantian Visitor Center in Tainan, and Luosan Visitor Center in Hualien. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Shi Bohan in
1: Taipei. The 2022 Taiwan Automation, Intelligence and Robot Show kicked off today at Taipei's Nangang Exhibition Center. A highlight of the event is the Swarm mobile robot series showcased at the trade fair manufactured by Far Robot, a joint venture between Taiwanese tech giants Honghai and
2: Adlink. Let's hear from the company.
3: We know that in a factory setting, apart from robots, there are many other on-site equipment components. Our software not only controls robots, we hope that in the future it can control the whole system of internet-connected equipment.
2: On show are two models with a carrying capacity of 250 and 1,000 kilograms respectively. The robots can be connected to the swarm core platform so they can avoid operating in isolation as is the case with traditional autonomous mobile robots. The swarm mobile robots are also compatible with production equipment from other manufacturers making factory operations even more agile. A new library headquarters in Taoyuan is set to become the largest in Taiwan. The complex will open soon after the building is finished in October.
1: It boasts a digital library service as well as paper holdings of more than one million books. The complex will also eventually include a cinema. Taoyuan mayor Zheng Wen-chan was at the site to promise citizens a raft of plans to make reading accessible for
0: all. The song begins in kids' bop along with the dancer on stage. The building next to them, behind these railings, has a unique design, its roof resembling an open book. The new library headquarters in Taoyuan opens very soon. This carnival event was held on the cultural square beside it, and parents and kids were invited to come and join the fun. It's a model of a hybrid library
3: complex. When it's complete, the cultural square will also get a corresponding rejuvenation. We will move Chimpu Halloween here, and it will become Taoyuan Halloween.
0: The whole cultural square will become a cultural oasis. The new library headquarters consists of two buildings, one a library, the other a cinema. The library is slated to open at the end of the year, but the cinema won't be complete until 2023. The city promises it will make this square an oasis of culture and reading. Taoyuan Metro Green Line is planned to eventually link up here too, making the area accessible to everyone, not just car drivers. Taoyuan
3: is becoming a city that promotes reading for all. We want people to get out to the libraries more. While I've been in office, we've made plans to build 23 new libraries. We've already completed 15 of them, with a budget of more than $7
0: NT. The new library headquarters is the largest in Taiwan its holdings will number more than a million books. It will also support smaller libraries in both lending books and making it easier for readers to return books. It has a smart library system where readers can read books digitally. Zhang Wenshan hopes that a culture of reading will be a big part of his legacy in Taoyuan.
1: Today is the Independence Day in Ukraine, which this year marks 31 years of independence from the Soviet Union.
2: Over in Taiwan, the Presbyterian Church and a group of volunteers sent off a gift for Ukraine, hospital beds. The first batch composed of 154 hospital beds will be distributed to hospitals in Bila Tzerkva, in a city in Kiev Oblast. The shipment is expected to reach Ukraine in 60 days to be used by patients injured in bombings. China protested again at the U.S. for continuing to send delegations to Taiwan. In less than two weeks after U.S. Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit, President Tsai Ing-wen received a congressional delegation of five led by Senator Ed Markey on August 15th.
1: Over a broadcasted interview on August 23rd, Senator Markey said the Chinese government itself is to be faulted for escalating cross strait tensions and that the issue should only resolved diplomatically and peacefully.
3: It's not delegations going to Uh, Taiwan that have created this tension, it's the Chinese government itself. U.S. Senator Ed Markey led a delegation to Taiwan on August 14th, which was protested by the Chinese embassy in Washington. On Twitter, the embassy condemned the visit, saying the U.S. had again interfered in China's internal affairs. We just cannot allow for China to say that no Americans will ever again visit Taiwan. Speaking in an interview with U.S. news outlet CNN, Senator Markey reiterated that the U.S.'s involvement will not incite war, but rather lower the possibility of military confrontation. That's why we have to strengthen our economic ties uh, to Taiwan, ensure that they get the defensive capabilities which they need to broaden out any diplomatic
0: or economic ties which... Taiwan wants with other countries in the world. If there's any resolution of this issue, it has to be diplomatic. It has to be peaceful.
3: U.S. Representative Don Bea, who was part of Senator Markey's delegation, said he was glad to have visited Taiwan.
0: You know, our trip was planned before the speakers, but I was really glad that we went because we showed the, the people of Taiwan that America's committed to th- this status quo. Representative Bayer
3: also emphasized Taiwan's economic significance
0: to the U.S. Um, you know, they're our eighth-largest trading partner. Um, the president's already announced the Indo-Pacific uh, Economic Framework, which which will very much include Taiwan. Just about a week
3: after Marquis' visit, another U.S. delegation led by Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb arrived in Taiwan on August 21st. According to a report by the Financial Times, another U.S. congressional delegation is slated to arrive on the weekend. It goes to show that the U.S. will not bend over to Chinese pressure.
1: Have you ever thought of chasing a dream before feeling you were too old to do so? Since 2012, the Hondao Senior Citizens Welfare Foundation has been holding an annual performance at the Taipei Arena that gives older adults who may or may not have prior musical or stage training, a stage, a chance to perform.
2: The Broadway-style show features performers with a median age of 75 is aimed at reminding everyone that it's never too late to try something new. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang met with the actors and got a sneak peek of the show.
5: Older adults take to the stage showing off breakdancing moves. These people will be performing in October in the Taipei Arena. They've been rehearsing four hours a week for the past year. They hope to show their audience that, as long as you keep chasing your dreams, nothing is impossible.
3: We feel very happy and energetic because breakdancing is usually performed by young people. Many people don't believe that we can breakdance. At first, no one thought that we would be able to perform at the Taipei Arena. Our dream came true. We are going to perform at the Taipei Arena. I used to folk dance. Our teacher taught us this and I had a great time. My daughter and son were very happy to know that I am going to perform at the Taipei Arena.
5: There's also this couple. They've been together for 65 years and say they're excited to be part of the production this October.
3: The performance is very interesting. I get to move it a bit more. I am 89 years old and she is 4 years younger than me. People need to exercise regularly so that life is more fun and we can be healthier. There's not much to do, so I came here. I worked when I was young, but now I don't. He invited me to come and I said, Yes, let's have some fun here. It puts me in a good mood and it's also a lot of fun.
5: Hongdao Senior Citizens Welfare Foundation has been holding this Broadway-style show at the Taipei Arena since 2012. It claims to be the world's largest show for older adults. More than 90,000 people have joined the audiences over the years with a total of 2,526 performers. The theme of this year's show is the team searching for the mystery of eternal life. The story follows the journey of a group of older people traveling around the world to find a way to attain longevity and immortality. Over 250 older adults from eight localities around Taiwan will perform.
3: We found a professional director who is in charge of writing the script and building a professional stage. Then we held auditions. After that, older adults in the entire Taiwanese community had an opportunity to practice and then perform at Taipei Arena, which is considered an international stage. The oldest performer is 95 years old.
5: The median age of these adults is 75. The Hongdao Senior Citizens Welfare Foundation hopes to encourage more older adults to chase their dreams and live a healthy lifestyle. The show will be free of charge and take place at the Taipei Arena on October 29th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Shi han in Taipei.
2: The Mid-Autumn Festival is right around the corner and many are more than ready to get their grills up and running for a family barbecue. But this year, amid rising seafood prices, the annual cookout could be more expensive than ever before.
1: Some seafood sellers have announced affordable ingredient packages so that everyone, no matter the budget, can enjoy some succulent seafood over the holiday.
4: Last year, cookouts with friends and family were forbidden due to COVID, so this year people are itching to celebrate mid autumn festival properly, but with inflation on the rise and seafood prices soaring, it could be an expensive gathering. The price of these sausages containing flying fish eggs has gone up eight percent, shrimp prices are up by almost twenty percent, while squid and sweet fish are now ten percent and fifteen percent more expensive than before.
3: Shipping, raw materials, labour and fuel costs have all driven up the price of seafood products.
4: Though seafood is getting more expensive, some sellers are choosing not to raise prices. Among them is the Zhanghua Fisheries Association, which is launching a limited-edition meal kit for the Mid-Autumn Festival, with only 1,000 sets available. Each one offers seven seafood ingredients, including oysters, mackerel, eel and more. Sellers are focusing on selling more at lower profit margins, so not only is the price of the sets not going up, it's about 20% lower than market price. Meanwhile, an online seafood retailer says it will keep prices affordable for consumers. Price rises in a wide variety of products, including scallops and giant tiger prawns, will be absorbed by the company, which will even pay for shipping.
3: Due to the pandemic, this year the costs are up by 10 percent to 15 percent. We haven't had barbecues for two years now, so we decided to absorb the price rises.
4: In Taiwan, Mid-Autumn Festival is a time to get together for a barbecue. Operators say that they're willing to absorb costs so that everyone, no matter the budget, can enjoy some tasty seafood over the holiday.
1: The Tourism Bureau has announced that its subsidy program for individual travelers will end on September 8th as more than 70% of the budget has been used
2: up. The subsidies allow travelers to get as much as 1,300 NT off hotel stays per night, which paired with offers from the hotels themselves can reduce the price of stays to as little as 500 NT. The Bureau says its subsidies for tour groups and for amusement park tickets will continue to be available until December.
3: A king-size bed, ambient lighting, and soothing decor. Draw the curtain to take in the urban views of Taipei. One night at this double room in a high-rise hotel in the heart of Taipei can go for as little as 500 and tea.
4: Our hotel group has launched some flash offers, which can be used together with government subsidies. If you have received three COVID vaccine shots, you can get an additional 1,300 NT off. Run the numbers and it just costs 500 NT per room, more or less.
3: The Tourism Bureau launched a subsidy program in mid-July to promote travel around Taiwan. The program offers subsidies of up to 1,300 NT for individual travelers, which can be used at more than 9,800 hotels. The subsidies have been well-received. As of Tuesday afternoon, an accumulated total of more than 1.2 million rooms have been booked with the subsidies, using up about 70% of the plan's budget. The Tourism Bureau says the subsidies for individual travelers will end on September 8th. Hotels say that many rooms have already been booked before then. The phone rings off the hook at this hotel as people inquire about taking advantage of the offers. Some hotels have launched late bird discounts. At the Regent Taipei, bookings between Sunday and Wednesday cost 4,100 NT for the first night and 2,600 NT for the second. Factoring in government subsidies for two people totaling 2,600 NT per night, guests can basically stay for free on the second night. Meanwhile, Hotel Metropolitan is celebrating its first anniversary with packages starting at 4,000 NT. Add in the subsidies, and a night stay could cost as little as 2,700 NT. At the Cosmos Hotel Taipei, stays between Sunday and Friday range from 1,300 NT to 1,800 NT, that is, without counting the 1,300 NT subsidy from the government.
4: The subsidies for tour groups will continue being available. There is still plenty of funding for that. So they'll be available until December 15th. I strongly encourage people to book tour groups. We also still have the 70% discount for amusement parks.
3: The Tourism Bureau says tourists will be able to take advantage of the government subsidies until December by traveling as part of a tour group.
2: Japanese House of Representatives member Furuya Keiji on Wednesday sat with Legislative Yuan Speaker Kun. Furuya is currently leading a delegation in Taiwan that on Tuesday met with President Tsai Ing-wen.
1: In his remarks at the Legislative Yuan, Representative Furuya quoted in Taiwanese Hokkien the words of the late Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, a Taiwan emergency is a Japanese emergency. Let's hear from him. Taiwan, <laughs>
3: I would like to emphasize that like minded countries should work closer together. One way to describe what Japan Taiwan relations have come to is a friendship where a friend in need is a friend indeed. Abe Shinzo had been a forever friend to Taiwan, especially when he said during heightening cross-strait tensions that a Taiwan emergency would be a Japanese emergency, and also an emergency for the Japan-U.S. alliance. The Taiwanese people were really touched. We'd like to thank former Prime Minister Abe for laying a solid foundation for Taiwan-Japan relations. His spirit and friendship will forever live in the hearts of the Taiwanese.
1: The Japan ROC Diet Members Consultative Council, chaired by Representative Fuluya of the Liberal Democratic Party, is the largest parliamentarian Taiwan friendship group in Japan. Under his leadership, the Council arranged a video conference between President Tsai and former Prime Minister Abe during an annual meeting back in March.